Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football, whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP. We got you covered all year long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. And of course, I'm your host, John June. And of course, I got my guy, Greg Penniman, came yes, in here really. Greg, what's up, bro? Really rock one time. You already know, because we, we dancing. We got to dance like these wide receivers. They they have the best celebrations. So uh, for the wide receivers today, uh, you know, we're going to be dancing all day. Yes, sir. Wide receiver position. If you have not been listening to the positional breakdowns, then you need to go back and do that, because I don't know why you would do that to yourself and deprive yourself of some fantasy goodness here. But we we have done our quarterbacks. We've done running backs, running through top 12, sleepers, busts, breakouts my guys and uh yeah we're just getting through the whole gamut greg but like you yes, said covering my receivers but before that we got to get into a little bit of news man true 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 and first news of the day which came actually maybe like a few days after we finished our running back episode was uh, i was i was pretty excited about it i know you are as a giants fan saquon barkley returned to giants pack practice removed from the pup i mean he's still limited but he's getting back into the swing of things. Talked about maybe getting some of the, the veteran linebackers to deliver some contact to him uh, so he can get back to using, you know, to, to getting his confidence as a football player and getting in that, getting confidence in that knee. But Greg, what are your thoughts now that, you know, obviously we know Saquon Barkley is practicing for the Giants? Yeah, man, it's definitely exciting news. Uh, you know, we mentioned how kind of went back and forth on when Saquon's return day would be. Uh, it's definitely very up in the air, very 50-50 right now, but that's definitely a first step to to getting to that week one target date, which would be ideal for Saquon and Giants fans like myself. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see uh, where he's going to go. I still think, you know, the Giants really want to take this uh, long-term approach for Saquon, so they're going to take his time. Uh, I'm, I'm still with that, that week two, week three return date. Um, but yeah, it, uh, any any type more games that he can get, more carries, more production for Saquon, it's dope. I'm I'm like of the frame of mind. I know that Greg, you know this. I think he plays Week One. I just I felt like the injury happened so long ago, so early mm. in the season last year, and then we saw the mm. videos of him in rehab, and then Ian Rappaport had a report the other day that you know, no one is completely ruling out week one. So I, you know, week two, week three definitely is in the, is in the range of outcomes, but you know, I, maybe it's the optimism in me. I I do think he will be out there for week one, but we will have to wait and see. Um, Another set of players that are thinking about being out there for week one out in Indianapolis, Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson, both dealing with that foot injury. The same foot injury, which they both had surgery on, were given the same obtuse timetable of five to 12 weeks. But seems like they will be they are both had they both have a chance potentially to play week one. Greg, what are your thoughts on that? This is definitely huge for this team. I mean, just a, a whole momentum shift shift uh, for this team that, you know, we thought maybe in this year would definitely battle with Tennessee for this division. Uh, and with, without Carson and Quentin, that definitely wasn't going to happen. They need all the games they could get. And with that first half of that schedule, oh, man, they really need all the help they can get. They're playing a, a very, very tough schedule uh, in the beginning, first half of the season. Uh, so to have those two guys possibly back for week one um, definitely keeps their division hopes alive. Yeah, and, you know, to think if you 
if you are drafting now or you've already drafted or drafted since that time, that news has broken, you are potentially getting a discount on pretty much all of these players. I mean, Jonathan Taylor fell a little bit as as a cause of the of both of those injuries, specifically the Quentin Nelson one. Uh, Michael Pittman's a guy that we'll probably dig into a little bit today, but he's a guy that uh, was is potentially a discount. Paris Campbell, who you were high on last year, also uh, seen as a discount in this situation. So all of these guys for the for the Colts are you know potentially back in play, especially even if they're not week one. That you at least know it won't be five. It won't be week five, week six, week seven, right? Like you have an you have an idea it'll be early in the season. Um, another guy dealing with an injury, Greg, a guy you and I both both relatively high on. We took him in the St. Jude Bowl, um, which kicked off earlier last week. But DeAndre Swift, he's dealing with a groin injury. Seems like he's, uh, you know, day to day with that situation, with that issue there. Are you concerned about DeAndre Swift? I know we saw him get banged up at different times last year. Is this something that concerns you at this point? Uh, since, you know, it happened so early, um, you know, it's still kind of basically a month ago, I think 29 days, 30 days. So, um, you know, I'm hoping that he can be able to recover and come back within a couple of weeks. Um, at worst case scenario, if he maybe he missed week one or week two, but we don't want to speculate on that. But so but um, the groin injury is tricky. I, I'm not concerned because it is early in the year in the training camp. So I think he'll be back and healthy. We just got to keep, you know keep uh, locked in on those news and because he's definitely got high hopes this year for fantasy managers no absolutely i mean just definitely keep your eyes and your your you know your ears peeled for any news regarding regarding deandre swift and the sore groin but you know they're there seems like they're managing it they're they're not letting him you know practice and miss time so he has plenty of time like you said 20 25 20 30 days something like that before the season opener to get healthy here and um you know get right somebody who else somebody else who's expected to miss probably some time um that is Rashad Bateman who's also dealing with seems with a groin injury his seems to be of the more severe kind uh John Harbaugh said he's expected to miss weeks not months so um, any concerns here with Rashad Bateman? Yeah, same on that. Um, Harbaugh did say, you know, for week one, he's still hopeful, uh, quote. So um, this kind of the same realm of Swift, maybe that his injury was kind of a little worse. Uh, you haven't really heard any week one trouble for Swift. But uh, Bateman, hopefully he's back by week one because he's also got some targets coming his way. Uh, definitely going to help out this Ravens offense. Um, but I wouldn't, ex- again, keep your eye on that. Um, but the fact that they're still hopeful uh, is a good sign. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you saw this. Actually, this is news to me, but Darren Waller has missed eight straight days mm. of camp. They, they ha- The Raiders have not noted if this is injury-related, but it's definitely something to keep note of. Uh, and, you know, Darren Waller is somebody that we'll uh, obviously be talking about later this week. But, um Anything else news-wise, Greg, that stuck out to you, or um, are you ready to kind of get into these wide receivers? Yeah, no, uh, nothing much. I mean, I know these depth charts are coming out. Just let the people know, don't pay attention to depth charts, and that's about it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this year, I mean, uh, you know, I just feel fortunate that we actually have preseason games, because last year, (laughs) we were just reading (laughs) reports. I was, you know, know. just sending each other, like, screenshots from the Athletic of training camp reports, and 
and things like that. And it felt so weird to prognosticate on players because we trusted beat reporters more than we ever have, I think. <laughs> and so I'm just fortunate to have preseason. Let's just yeah, say that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Definitely. All right, let's jump into these wide receivers. And so first, we before we talk about the future, we've got to talk about the past. Recap the top 12 wide receivers from 2020. This will be in terms of total fantasy points on the season. Devontae Adams, the wide receiver one. Yes, sir. Tyreek Hill, wide receiver two. Stephon Diggs came in at three. Then DeAndre Hopkins. Then Calvin Ridley. Justin Jefferson came in at six. DK Metcalf, seven. His teammate Tyler Lockett comes in at eight. Then we had Allen Robinson at 10, or at nine, I mean. Adam Thielen comes in at 10. Then Mike Evans and Keenan Allen coming in at 12 to round it out. Um, this is a pretty strong list. It's pretty it's pretty good, in my opinion. Yeah. Any, any you know, which one of these guys, Greg? You got to pick You got to pick somebody for me. I don't got. I don't have the answer, Sway. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't uh hmm. recap that bottom 12 again maybe so i'll i'll give you i'll give you seven through 12 it was dk metcalf tyler lockett Allen robinson adam thielen mike evans and keenan out i'm gonna go with tyler lockett uh think just dk is just just gonna keep more elevated more just to be better and i uh, just gotta expect that you know Tyler Lockett's going to have to get those high touchdown mark to get that in that top 12 again. He had insane games, outlier games, where he was getting like 20 receptions, close to that number. So uh, I think he pulls back a little bit. So he's still going to be a top 20 play, but I think he just you know comes out of that. Yeah, I mean, I agree there. Tyler Lockett had absurd production. I'm trying to look up the numbers yeah. here. But, you know, he was he was absolutely ridiculous in just yeah. some games. I mean, uh, pulling it up right now, he there was three weeks, week three against Dallas, week seven against Arizona and week 17 against San Francisco. Those three weeks make up for 46 percent of Tyler Lockett's fantasy production in 2020. That's that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> so. You just have to think about that when you look at Tyler Lockett and his wide receiver eight finish from last year and when projecting him for 2020, just understanding that or 2021, understanding that's probably going to be unlikely. And even if it is, you just you don't want that kind of inconsistency in your lineup on a week to week basis. I mean, you're obviously those, those upside weeks are there, right? Those three touchdown games, those literally win you weeks. Um, but, you know, I just I. I I know you and I, Greg, we both prefer just a bit more consistency than that. Um, but it's always tempting when you're attached to Russell Wilson. But like you're saying, those if you it depends on what you what the story you tell yourself, right? Do you believe that they're gonna continue to throw the football more, right? Because if that volume continues to go up like we did see the first eight weeks of the season last year, I think there's room for both of these guys to coexist, right? Maybe DK Metcalf still takes that leap. Right. And still gets to that 20 instead of a 25, 25 percent target share like we saw it be for the most for most of the year. Maybe it's like a 28, 21 percent target share, something like that. So, you know, definitely different ways to approach it here. I also think that when we look at I I mean, I think Adam Thielen is probably my other. Yeah. My other guess because of Jefferson and his impact. This baby Moss right there. So, yeah, he's just going to (laughs) keep elevating. 
Yeah, exactly. So Justin Jefferson taking, you know, it's almost like the same thing. You've got this offense that wants to run the ball probably more, but they've also got this young alpha wide receiver that they probably want to feed the ball to more. So both of those things have to uh, come into play here. But let's jump into, I think we're going to have a debate. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I think we're having a debate here. But, you know, I'm just going to start it, Greg. Tyreek Hill is my wide receiver one on the year heading into 2021. I mean, he was the wide receiver two in total fantasy points last year and fantasy points per game at 21.9 PPR points per game. He was just an absolute stud in 2020, 135 targets, 87 catches, 1,276 yards and 15 touchdowns in just 15 games. Also added 123 rushing yards and two additional touchdowns on the ground. He's such a dynamic weapon in this Chiefs, this Chiefs offense. Continues to be a go-to option at the wide receiver position for Patrick Mahomes, who we both believe is going to be the number one quarterback this year by a wide margin. And so, like we said, if those touchdowns go up, we're talking about a player that scored 17 last year. I mean, there's a possibility you could have a wide receiver who scored 20. Yeah, man, uh, that touchdown number is really hard to to argue against. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm I have Devontae as one. Uh, that I really have Tyreek Hill, you know, the flip-flop. So Devontae Adams is my number one receiver. Just the dominance of him getting those that target number. I think he's going to lead the league and, and, you know, be a top top three in targets again. Uh, top three in receptions, doing what he has to do. Uh, and, and and in the red zone, you know, he he does get a touchdown production as well for himself. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers is, is a bad man. He's going to continue to do what he has to do in his last year as a Packer. So, I see no limits for him and Devontae as they might go out together. So you might see one of the greatest seasons uh, of all time from a quarterback wide receiver combo. Yeah, it's it's funny, right? Because Devontae was my my number one guy going in the last year. It wasn't too hot takey, but Michael Thomas was pretty much wherever you went, the wide receiver one. Uh, but Devontae Adams was my guy, mainly because he was the only Packers option and would see a, a ton of targets in this offense. I am of the frame of mind that, you know, they do they did add Amari Rodgers in the third round. They do go out and get, you know, Aaron Rodgers asked Randall Cobb specifically requested that he get traded for. So I think we see this, you know, the same reason why I don't I didn't have Michael Thomas as my wide receiver two, my wide receiver one last year. Probably the same reason I have Devontae Adams as my wide receiver two this year, because I think there's. Last year was out of necessity where I think we probably see them spread the wealth a little bit more. But you're still getting a stud with Devontae Adams. And honestly, the only reason why I'm even going with Tyreek Hill is because of the ceiling and the year that we're we're expecting from Mahomes. Most other years, Devontae Adams would be my universal wide receiver one. Yeah, I, I got. Yeah, that that point is uh, definitely a good one because of the, the touchdown marks that is going to correlate to Mahomes is going to be insane. Um, yeah, that that 20 mark might be unheard of, but it might be close to it. So that's going to be pretty. Not good. since Randy Moss did it back in 2007. We have not seen a 20 a 20 plus touchdown season from a wide receiver, but Devontae Adams is Crazy. my wide receiver too. I mean. I don't really have much to you. You said a lot, but, uh, you know, just to really, I mean, 14 games this man played. He had 18 touchdowns, just a ridiculous number. He was first in targets per game at 10.6, first in receptions at 8.2, had a league leading 77.2% catch rate, which led all wide receivers or all players, I shouldn't say all players, but all wide receivers 
And he led all NFL wide receivers with a 33.9% target share. He was a beast. His main guy, Aaron Rodgers, is back, like you said. So, again, expecting another great season. But, Greg, who is your wide receiver, too? Oh, Tyreek Hill. Back to you. You know, that we just flip-flopped the, the one and two. Um, yeah, Tyreek Hill, again, I could just repeat what I said before, but he, you know he's 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 a monster. He you know he he wants to get better, and he, the we talked about last year. You noticed the consistency level of him. Uh, you know, prior previous years, people thought of him as more of a boomer bust player, but he's very consistent at this point. Uh, you're gonna get consistent your know, consistent numbers, so you can't even put that argument for him. He has no weaknesses in his game. Uh, he's so fast, so quick. Uh, this man he should have been in Tokyo, man. That's all I had to say. <laughs> So, I mean, this is going to be interesting because I feel like we should have the same wide receiver three. Yeah. Again. Okay. We sh- so. We should. We should. We should. Stefan Diggs is my yes, wide sir, receiver yes, three. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh-huh. It was a crazy. <laughs> Greg, this was crazy because we're, we're going to play some ADP game today if we got some time. But do you remember the ADP game we played last year? Uh, Yeah. Diggs was definitely one of them. It was Diggs or someone. I can't remember the or, but Diggs was. Oh, Diggs. man. Wait. <laughs> it was Keenan Allen. Okay. All right. I, I, I was I thought I was gonna say someone even worse, but that that's not as bad. But yeah, Diggs it was did. pretty bad. It was it, pretty bad if you look yeah. at obviously Keenan Allen's year, what he what he had with uh Justin Herbert. Right, both, but right. both in our in fairness to us, both of these guys were ranked near the wide receiver twenty range. Neither nobody really wanted them because of their quarterbacks. That was the thing about Stefan Diggs. Oh, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. Well, yeah, Josh Allen. But both of these guys were absolute studs, especially Stefan Diggs. Led the NFL in targets with 166. He was third in targets per game, first in receptions, second in receptions per game, and he was second in catch rate, 76.5%. First in receiving yards, third in fantasy points per game at 20.5 PPR points. And his quarterback, who we referenced before, Josh Allen, is a bad man who only has eyes for his wide receiver one. So I don't see many range of outcomes here where Diggs is not a top three wide receiver. I mean, there's one guy that I got trying to beat down the door, but uh, we're, I'll reveal that when we get into the top 12s. But <laughs> what do you got to say about about uh, Stefan Diggs there? Yeah, man, I have him close to that 160 target number again, right around there. Um, I see no reason why he's, you know, he's going to be close to top three in le- leading receptions last year. I see no reason why he can't do that again this year. Uh, and, yeah, he's going to continue to to ball out, uh, get his touchdowns, even with the emergence of Gabriel Davis a little more. I think he still is going to, to dominate the, the looks of Josh Allen. Uh, the progression is Stefan Diggs. The second progression is Stefan Diggs. And then third maybe is like Cole Beasley or something like that. But yeah, so Stefan Diggs all the way. One in doubt, Stefan yeah, Diggs. Stephon on the scramble <laughs> drill, Stefan yeah. Diggs. True, true. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's get into the, the top 12 here. I'm going to reveal my, wide, my, my top 12 wide receivers. Tyreek Hill, like I mentioned, wide receiver one. Devontae Adams, two. <clears throat> Stefan Diggs, three. The guy I mentioned beating down the door as the wide receiver three, Calvin Ridley. Um, Keenan Allen's my wide receiver five, DeAndre Hopkins six, Justin Jefferson seven, AJ Brown eight, Allen Robinson nine, DK Metcalf ten, CD Lamb eleven, and I have Mike Evans as my wide receiver twelve rounder. I like it. I like it a lot. You know, Devontae one, Adams for me, Tyreek Hill two, Stefan Diggs, my number three wide receiver, my number four, I'm going with my man Justin Jefferson at four, five, Calvin Ridley. Uh, six, A.J. Brown, seven, DeAndre Hopkins, eight, Keenan Allen, 
nine, DK Metcalf. After that, 10, Scary Terry. You already know Terry McLaurin. And then I got my man 11, Allen Robinson, steady. He's always around that bottom of the wide receiver one pack. And then number 12, CD Lamb to round it out. Oh man, I like this. This is gonna be this is gonna be a fun show. I mean, they're all they're all fun, but oh, yeah, I think oh, yeah. year in year out, our wide receiver show is probably the uh, the most anticipated because that's when we get the fun debates. We get some stats. We get you know because these these guys are fun. They're they're athletic. They're fun. There's yeah. different flavors to them. Yeah. You could have your your steady PPR guy. You could have your guy that you know goes down the field. You know your your uh, your touchdown maker. So it's really up to you and your flavor. But we're talking about sleepers here at this point. Yes, so, there, I mean, there's a ton of guys we could probably pick for this spot, Greg. But I'll go first. Brandon Cooks, man. He was the wide receiver 17 in fantasy points per game in 2020. Had a really good year, especially after the suspension of Will Fuller. Finished with 81 catches, 1,150 yards, and six touchdowns finds himself as probably far and away the best receiving option on his own team, especially when you consider Randall Cobb being traded. Going off the board, Greg, as the wide receiver 38, I think Cooks is a guy that will provide a steady weekly wide receiver two option with wide receiver one upside. He's been in the NFL for seven years. Over the last six years, he's had five 1,000-yard seasons with four different teams my man has been productive. Now, to that point, his worst quarterback during that time was Jared Goff. He's had Drew Brees. He's had Tom Brady. Um, you know, he he had Deshaun Watson. So he might have to deal with Tyrod Taylor for most of the year. So that's one negative. But the game script that this team will find themselves in should should lead to some volume here for Brandon Cooks. And I think, again, he's a wide receiver. He is, a, I think, a wide receiver three is his floor and that's and he's being drafted below that right now as wide receiver 38 yeah i like that a lot with or without uh deshaun he's definitely going to be a productive wide receiver uh for that offense just so consistent throughout his career i see no reason why he should drop from his adp any 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 year he should be steady and what he is and what he does like so yes that's a pretty good choice right there greg who is your sleeper for the fantasy people this this year in 2021 Uh, I'm gonna go with my man Tyler Boyd. You know, you know that's my guy. We definitely had some uh, debates about him last year, but like he he comes through uh, and he got 110 targets last year. You know, 79 79 receptions last year on on those 110 targets. Uh, he's I think he's gonna get another uh, over 100 recept- uh, targets this year with Joe Barrow. I think adding Jamar Chase just makes it kind of easier, opens up the floor. I mean, the field for him for all three of these guys. Uh, and Joe Burrow historically is always going to throw to the slot. He's always going to see the slot guy. Um, he had four touchdowns last year, and I think he gets around that mark this year. Um, and yeah, Tyler Boyd is is the man, and he's the ADP is just kind of disrespectful to him. You know, he's gone wide receiver 39 in some drafts, uh, late round eight and round nine. Uh, I have him as definitely higher than that as a top top 30 play for sure. So I see no reason why he's definitely a sleeper in, in coming in. Um, you got to guys go to go got to go get him, especially in full point PPR leagues. Uh, the receptions are going to be there. And yeah, who doesn't want over 100 target guy? Yeah, Tyler Boy. I mean, we definitely had some debates, but like we always do, Greg, we don't we react to new information. Right. The moment I see A.J. Green is a corpse. And, and I, that's not even to say he's a corpse, because I think he's going to actually be. Yeah, he's going to do. He's going to do. Yeah, where he's, he's going to do his. He's going to do his thing in Arizona. But once I see that, like, hey, this is not the same AJ Green 
and I see Tyler Boyd is doing his thing, I'm on board. And we talked about this. For me, it was either going to be Brandon Cooks or Tyler Boyd as my sleeper. And I see, obviously, you end up going with Tyler Boyd here. Yes, sir. And one of the things I like about the Tyler Boyd situation, and I think it's part of the reason why he's getting this discount, is because you look at the season total numbers, and Tyler Boyd was a guy getting, you know, he had 110 targets in in seven in 15 games last year, did miss one game with an injury. But he's being drafted, I think, with that discount because he obviously Joe Burrow missed some time. And then you get Jamar Chase in there, which people think, you know, probably cuts Tyler Boyd's production. But if you look at the 10 games at which he played with Joe Burrow, this guy was on a 16 game pace for 139 targets, 110 receptions, 1,136 yards and five touchdowns compared to the the 16 game pace he had of 110 targets for 841 yards and um oh sorry no the season the totals he had of 110 targets 79 catches 841 yards and four touchdowns so I think if you look at just the time he got to play with Joe Burrow and really like you said how often Joe Burrow targeted him 8.7 times per game I think he's still we know this is a three wide receiver offense that's how they operate they're going to spend 65 percent of their time in in 11 personnel meaning one running back one tight end and that there's there's opportunities here for all of these receivers to get over a thousand yards all three of them yep yep i'm all about the tyler boy hype uh you know we almost had a chance to draft him today but you know it's i'm getting him as much drafts as i can yeah man i mean again i keep calling him a safe hundred for a thousand ninety to a hundred for a thousand and I, I think it's pretty easy to kind of uh, you know, write that in for Tyler Boyd, assuming everybody stays healthy. Yes, sir. Moving on to the bust position, Greg, or the bust of the wide receiver position. And this guy, I mean, it's tough because I look at his ADP and I look at where I have him ranked and I have him actually ranked slightly ahead of his, of his ADP based on my projections. But when I'm picking in drafts, there's no chance that I'm going to take him at that spot. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about Juju Smith Schuster, uh, I actually think, again, it's a pretty decent price, but I would just still be more interested in some other players that are going after him. And the reason I have Juju here as my bust is because he's one of three wide receivers on his team, and he's not even the leading target getter. Both of these guys in Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, they have higher weekly upside than Juju Smith-Schuster. And he'll have an ADOP probably in line or lower than the tight end's on his own team. And when you consider that his role is an extension of the run game, which they made a point the Steelers did to upgrade with the addition of Najee Harris, that should lead to a dip in some of those targets in that area of the field. He's also made a lot of his money in the red zone in in which again, he gets these manufactured touches, but I think the Steelers run game getting back to normalcy will allow for some regression in that touchdown department. So therefore I won't have much any Juju Smith-Schuster on my rosters this year. Yeah, that's hilarious that you have Juju Smith-Schuster as your bus because my bus is Deontay Johnson. Um, it's kind of yeah, yeah. So because he's going wide receiver twenty uh, in, in a lot of drafts um, around five or six. But I'm a big Chase Claypool fan. I have him actually projected to finish higher in the season than Deontay Johnson. I think he takes that leap. Uh, Oh, sorry. I think you you were you cut out for a second. My bad. Oh, word. No, yeah, I think he I think Chase Claypool makes that leap over you know as the leading 
alpha dog in the wide receiver. Uh, you talk about they're going to run less. Uh, so the 144 targets that Deontay got last year, um, that that was a very high rate. I think that comes down a little bit. And you know he's going to wide receiver 20. He's over Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool is going wide receiver 27 right now. I think those could be flip flopped. Um, I just think he doesn't finish as a top 20 play. I still think he can finish as top 30 though. But um, just the offense is going to come down as far as targets. Um, I mean, he dropped a lot of balls last year, too, as well. Um, so if that continues, then, uh, you know, he's probably not going to get the, the same high production that he got last year. Yeah, I mean, this is probably the first take you have that I just don't agree with, Greg. <laughs> just, De- you know, Deontay Johnson is one of my guys. But, uh, you know, I started out the season because if you look at the season long numbers, Deontay Johnson looks I mean, it doesn't look great. Right. Because he 144 targets, 15 games. But then you got to remember, Deontay Johnson not only did he miss one game, but there were a bunch of games where he left early. And so if you actually take those games out, Deontay Johnson was on a ridiculous pace of like 180 something targets. It was it was stupid. It would have been a league leader. So I think the 140 targets is probably somewhere close to his somewhere close to his floor. I got him down for 100 and yeah, 160 targets. And so I think that he's still. You know, I, I agree while Chase Claypool will have more upside and will have probably some touchdown production, which, you know, could, again, steal. I think in half PPR, I think you definitely have a point. I think in full, I've still taken Deontay Johnson because if he's going to get those targets that I'm expecting him to, then, you know, I think that he's, he's easy in the top 20. But I could see your points, though. Um, on Deontay Johnson, because initially I had I did have him outside my top 20 until I dug in more a little bit on the games in which he didn't complete. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just also the number of attempts I think are going to go ground for Ben. We, you know, we, we know that's going to happen. And then uh, just Ben also could be also just regressing as a quarterback. So uh, just at the production level, I think for Chase, I think it leans more to, towards him. But to that point, right, if Ben regresses, then everyone's yeah. going to take a hit. Yeah, everyone think, everyone is going to take it. yeah. And yeah. I think – but I think the person who takes the li- the least hit in that is Deontay Johnson because of the role that he plays. You know, he's – where Chase Claypool is the down-the-field threat. I think Deontay Johnson is kind of, like, foolproof. And we saw I, – I, and that's not to say, like, I don't think Chase Claypool – I think Chase Claypool is going to be fine. And I don't right, I don't right, have yeah. – yeah, like, yeah. I don't really, like, care for Juju Smith-Schuster. But we saw in – the Hall of Fame game, obviously, you know, it's preseason, but Mason Rudolph is just targeting um, Chase Claypool almost relentlessly. So I think, yeah, I think you're, you might be onto something here. Um, I don't, I will admit, I won't have a lot of Deontay Johnson outside of like dynasty leagues where I have him, just because there's some guys that we'll get into a little bit later who I'm really trying to make sure that I'm getting on my rosters. Um, and speaking of, let's move on to the, uh, the breakout here. Mm-hmm. And if you see behind me, <laughs> oh, sorry, wrong segment. But the breakout here, <laughs> wrong segment, my bad. But my breakout wide receiver for 2021 is CeeDee Lamb. He was my favorite rookie wide receiver entering the NFL draft, and he was the third wide receiver drafted. His rookie season was pretty good considering the circumstances, 111 targets, which he turned into 74 catches. 935 yards and five touchdowns. He was the wide receiver 35 in PPR points per game at 13.2. But if you look at those first five games of the season, in which 
C.D. Lamb got to play with Dak Prescott, he was on a 16-game pace of 128 targets, 93 catches, 1,386 yards, and six touchdowns. During that span, he was the wide receiver 11 in PPR points per game, averaging 17.1 PPR points as a rookie. Lamb is going to be a player that next year we are taking in the first two rounds of fantasy drafts. Right now he's Ooh. going at end of, of the third, the end of the third round in 12, 12 team, one quarterback leagues and pay up because right now this is the cheapest price. This dude will be for a very, very long time. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm, we drafted today in our, the belly of bow. We got CD lamb. I'm happy about that. Um, yeah, it's going to be a epic year for him. Uh, you already know he got that. Also that hard knocks, hopefully, uh, you know, good juju in him. Um, no pun intended. So he can get, get it going early in the year and uh, start off at an insane rate with Dak Prescott. I think he starts to take that lead dog role in, in targets and, and, you know, compete with Mark Cooper for that role. Um, you, I know you haven't watched hard knocks yet. I have not but... watched the first episode yet. No. <laughs> CD Lamb, which you should have said instead of Juju, was Mojo, and you'll and you'll totally ah. get, ah. you'll totally get it. But <laughs> CD Lamb, what I what I was nodding my head no as you were talking about him for those that uh, can't see because you're listening on podcast. But if you are listening on podcast, you could stop listening right now and <laughs> go watch on YouTube. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and make sure you just you know you if you want to see Greg, he's got his dreads growing in. Or you want to see this beautiful studio that I have, I've, I've put together for y'all, then you got, you got to check us out on YouTube. But if not, you want to continue listening on podcasts, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't, We're not here to judge, right? Live your life. But just make sure you subscribe if you're going to listen to us. Uh, and please, we would really appreciate a rate and review. Now, after that shameless plug, if you weren't listening, if you weren't watching, the reason I was nodding my head no as you talked about CD Lamb getting that good hard knocks juju or i like to say mm-hmm. mojo for mm-hmm. reasons you'll you'll later find out <laughs> but i don't want him to get the hard knocks bump like no oh yeah that's getting that's getting his hype up you're right you're right, right? Is, like he's on yeah. hard knocks he's getting screen yeah. time people are gonna yeah. see right and then the adp just eh, eh, yep. eh, of course you of know course. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to see that <laughs> you know last year was keenan allen yep you know like Austin yep. Eckler got a little hard knocks bump too. Yep. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to deal with that this year, man. I just want to get CD Lamb priced appropriately, like, and just you know have fun with it. Yeah, but Greg, who is your, your one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Who is your breakout wide receiver for 2021, Greg? I was thinking of CD Lamb, but I think off the fact that I kind of down Deontay Johnson a little bit, I gotta go with my man Chase Claypool. He's gonna have to break out for me to, you know. Uh, help me with that argument um, getting up there uh, I think he's going to be definitely a top 20 play this year um, <clears throat> maybe top 15 uh, this man is going to beast out I think in, especially in the touchdown mark he's going to get uh, I think I got projected for about for 10 touchdowns um, I think he reaches that number this year and continues to get down the field and you know battles with Deontay Johnson for that target lead for I got him at 122 targets so uh, Chase Claypool is going to be, you know, doing what he has to do, developing, getting better. Um, and, and, yeah, I think he's going to be the steady guy for Ben Roethlisberger uh, and kind of change the guard a little bit. 
I like that, man. I mean, you're betting on the alpha here, uh, alpha prof, uh, alpha profile here. This is you're taking a page out of the DK Metcalf mold. This is kind of what you were doing last year, and it's not a bad strategy to have. I, and I'm not even going to argue with it because I like, and I kept saying it when we were talking about Deontay Johnson. I really like Chase Claypool. Oh yeah, I really I, like yeah. the physical ability he has. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about we haven't seen a guy physically like him since Calvin Johnson. Just looking at if you look at the pro the, the combine numbers, you know, the size, 6'4, 240 40 pounds, ran a four, ran four four in the 40 yard dash, had a 40 inch vertical jump. I mean, we saw Calvin Johnson get inducted into the Hall of Fame this past weekend, and not saying that yes, Chase sir. Claypool is that, but that those that's the comp, right? And so Chase Claypool definitely has all the physical ability in the world. I I definitely look. I'm not going to chase Claypool is the kind of player you don't bet against, right? Because of all the physical ability he has, you just don't bet against that player. So right. I'm not even going to, going to, going to uh, talk about there won't be any change of the guard here. Cause it's definitely possible, especially if he gets into that double digit touchdown number again, which he did do, which he did do as a rookie last year. So uh, saw him on NFL network. They asked him how many touchdowns he's trying to score this year. He said, uh, maybe like 15, Ooh, so, ooh, okay. Nah, that's what we're talking right there. That's that's round one material right there. Yeah, I mean, if look, if Chase Claypool goes out there, I mean, I, you, I know you see that you have him at 122 targets. I've got him sitting here at 129. So we're in we're in a similar ballpark here. I, yeah, I, I think Chase Claypool can look. He can make a lot happen with these targets. Just, yeah. he's a big physical guy. He's got he's gonna have a high A dot. He can also make plays after the catch. We saw him. We saw them use use him on end arounds last year, which he scored rushing touchdowns on. So, yeah, I I'm definitely in a in agreement with you. Chase Claypool for a breakout year. Um, let's move on to the my guys, and now I get to talk about the guy behind. There me. we go. There we go. If you don't know about the guy behind me. You're not watching on YouTube. I'm talking about Brandon Ayuk, man. And I like literally have not been. I have not stopped talking about Brandon Ayuk since the 20. 20 NFL draft. I had to make sure I say that correctly. Um, but he was one of my favorite wide receivers in the 2020 class. It was unpopular at the time, but he was my wide receiver five in rookie drafts last year. And that was mainly due to the fact that he was the number one wide receiver, the number one ranked wide receiver in my prospect model for 2020. He ranks inside the 99th percentile as a prospect of all wide receivers over the last four seasons. And he did have a really good rookie season. There were some injuries in the 49ers, uh, on the 49ers offense that, you know, led to Ayuk leading the Niners in targets for, with 96 in just 12 games, which he turned into 60 catches, 748 yards and five touchdowns along with 77 rushing touchdowns and two 77 rushing yards and two touchdowns. His 16-game pace was just three yards shy of a 1,000-yard season. He was the wide receiver 18 in PPR points per game at 15.4. I think he can end up leading the 49ers in targets, even with the healthy George Kittle, include a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo and a talented rookie quarterback in Trey Lance. I think Ayuk takes a major leap, and I'm I'm doing whatever I can to get him on my rosters. No, nah, I totally agree with you. I got him for uh, 142 targets. This man is going to lead the 49ers in targets you can book that um this man is is a beast and don't forget just dynamic working with kyle shanahan getting those rushing attempts as well he's, he's just everywhere man brandon is a beast 
Yeah, man. I mean, we we like we talked about with the belly up team or, or not belly up the St. Jude team. I got to oh, St. Jude. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, St. I Jude thought it was belly up too, but yeah, you're right. St. Jude, St. Jude, Jude Lamb, and Brandon Ayuk. You already Brandon know, Ayuk. man. Woo! So, like, it's I over. don't even. I, I drafting. I don't even have to do anything <laughs> anymore. But um, I'm not because I don't want to, just because I'm <laughs> physically incapable of drafting because my body is so weak from the excitement. But Greg. I need to know you're my guy. The people need to know you're my guy for 2021 at the wide receiver position. You already man, you already know, man. Cue, cue the music, you know, cue the Kenny G. We're going to play that saxophone. My man, Kenny G, Kenny Galladay. You already know the moment that man signed the dotted line on the New York Giants, putting on his uniform, he became my guy. And I know he's going he's gonna to be one of the most productive, you know, wide receivers we've seen since Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, he might have a comparable year, if not better, than what Odell did. Uh, I got him for going for about 124 targets. This man's going to get close to 1,300 yards. Uh, he's going to be a beast, and that's what Kenny Galladay does. For Danny Dimes, hopefully making him a better quarterback in his, career, in his last probably final year uh, as far as, like, evaluation for Danny Dimes. If this is this is it for for Daniel Jones, if not, um, you know we got some first round picks and we we're ready to move on. So, you know, Kenny Galladay is going to be a big uh, help in that, uh, getting down the field and being back to what he was two years ago, healthy, uh, dogging with Matt Stafford. Yeah, man, I, I don't know what it is about this wide receiver group, but I just, I really, I was this close to putting Kenny Galladay down as Ooh, my bus. Wow. Like, this close. Wow. Like this close. Oh, but then man. I remember that I did that like two years ago and I had like that's true heartburn and that's acid true. reflux trying to make that's that decision. That's so true. I Kenny just knocked baby? No, I not you know, you you know I like Kenny G, but I just like the Giants, Jason Garrett, like Daniel Jones, they don't excite me. And I so know. I know and look, Kenny G might be fine. Like he might be fine. Like I was I was ta- I was on a live stream yesterday um for the Polly's Potathon and we talked about Kenny G versus T Higgins and like someone had drafted and they, I guess they drafted Kenny Galladay over T Higgins, but I was like, I would rather have T Higgins as my wide receiver too. And then Kenny Galladay in my flex. But um, like, I'm, I don't think Kenny G is bad. I just don't like, I'm not in love with the situation. I think he'll have these spike weeks and he'll have these other weeks where it's like, there's not much going on. And that could be, you know, you call him Danny dimes, but he hasn't been Danny dimes since like, his rookie year, so he's on. When I oh, refer yeah, it's to his him, third year. It's his third year. He'll go yeah, as Daniel, it's, 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 He'll be Daniel Jones. It's his third year. You know, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, you know? yeah. No. <laughs> Which is funny, right? Because I say this all the time, and I'm not saying I don't mean to say anything when I say this stat. I just it's just a, it's just a factual stat. Daniel Jones's rookie year and Justin <laughs> Herbert's rookie year, they both had the same touchdown rate, 5.2 percent. It's factual. Do with that information what you must, but don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> But yeah, no, nah, man, I, I I don't I don't hate it. I just again don't don't nah, love yeah. Daniel Jones. You're not the first person to say like the, the Giants in general are like probably the one of the more boring team to watch. Like they just straight up eye formation all the time. Just do the you know just do the, the everything the the prototypical like NFL from the '60s way. Like it just yeah, I don't hope Kenny G electrifies it a little bit. You know, get some. Nah, I think I think I think he will, man. I think he brings a good component. If if anything, he helps my Saquon Barkley because we get some more space for Saquon to true, you know true. move around a little bit. But let's jump into some ADP game, and this is gonna I think this is gonna be full of debates. I I purposely kind of put them put some of them that way, uh, starting with Terry McLaurin, who's going off the board, Greg, as the wide receiver ten. 
round 304, pick 304 in 12-team leagues, according to 44.com's multi-site ADP. And then Mike Evans going off the board, wide receiver 13, going off the board as 311. I'll let you go first, Greg. I know you have Terry McLaurin as your wide receiver 10, so you I this do. is pretty much it's, in your price point. Yeah, it's really – it's right there. I'm willing to buy it. Uh, just Terry McLaurin is going to, you know, not only lead this team in targets, but he's it's gonna it's not even going to be close. Uh, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is just one of those guys I think just force feeds players, and there's going to be games where he's going to just literally just, you know, throw it, around, throw it to Terry McLaurin, uh, possession after possession. Um, I'm willing to buy the price. Mike Evans I have as a top 15 play. Uh, still, um, he's still gonna you know do what he has to do in that very high point offense. It's just uh, the realm of outcomes. This is a lot of mouths to feed in ta- Tampa, and you know we we have AB now with a full season, so we never know how my, how that might impact Mike Evans. I'm I'm willing to buy Terry McLaurin. I know what he's gonna give me. Yeah, I think you know it's funny, right? Because I have I have Terry McLaurin right outside my top 12, and it's again. You know how I feel about Terry McLaurin. Oh, yeah. And Cal- oh, yeah. Him and Calvin Ridley, both my co-breakouts last year. Um, so I expected a little bit more from Terry last year. We didn't get it. But I think Terry, like you said, will lead this team in targets. I don't think it's close. I don't – I'm a, I'm while Ryan Fitzpatrick will feed, force feed his wide receiver one like you mentioned, I think that there's also more weapons around where Terry McLaurin was literally – it was him oh, and yeah. Logan and J.D. McKissick. Yeah. And that was it in terms of targets in the past game, where I think with Diami Brown, Curtis Samuel, Adam Humphreys, I think there's more pieces around where they won't need to force feed Terry. I still think he does lead this team in targets by a wide margin. And so I think when I look at it that way, you know, Mike Evans, though, I think while, like you said, he's competing with these other guys, I think the touchdown production is yes. Yeah, I think that belongs to Mike Evans. And so for that reason alone, I have Mike Evans ranked ahead of Terry McLaurin. But it's definitely really close. I mean, 10 versus 13, it's definitely close. But PPR league, too. You you know Terry's going to get probably more receptions. Yeah, it is. PPR league, you know that the receptions are probably going to be with Terry. Right. We saw Mike Evans have a one catch for one yard for one touchdown game last year. Yeah, yeah that's true. That is true. <laughs> Terry's never going to do that. No, no, no. So, that's, yeah, that's – that – that hmm. they're in the same tier. Let me just put it that way. They're in the same tier, but that point alone might lead me towards Terry. But it also depends on what you have on your roster, right? Because right. we always say this – we always say this, Greg, you kind of have to build your wide receiver core – in a way, like you don't want guys with all ceilings because you want to have some weekly, a weekly floor, but you don't want guys with all floors because you want to have some weekly upside. So you, do how do you pair these guys? Maybe you pair Mike Evans with a guy that has a safer floor. Maybe you pair Terry McLaurin with a guy that has a higher ceiling and maybe you approach it that way. But I will say uh, maybe it's a hot take. People, people have seen, if you see my top 40, which I put out, um, maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago, my top 40 PPR rankings. I have Brandon Ayuk ahead of Terry McLaurin. Hey, man, I mean, that means you. I mean, you have him in your top 12. I would assume. He's a so, wide receiver 13. Wide receiver, okay, right there. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Ayuk's a beast. Like I, I have him in my. I actually have him right at 18 till 17. So yeah, yeah, he's he's gonna be right there. Um. He's a dynamic player. I don't, 
the the 15 to 20 guys is just it's it's yeah it's all it's all they're gonna all i mean look we're like all these guys that we're talking about could yeah i mean the guys that we spoke about before they all could finish as wide receiver one i mean you could go from tyree kill Devontae adams stefan diggs calvin ridley uh justin jefferson deandre hopkins like all of these guys can be the wide receiver one and then you have bunch of guys that can get into the top 10 because of anything yep. right because touchdowns because uh you know maybe there's an injury uh you know maybe they had a, a favorable schedule like anything could lead these guys in the top 10 so we're sitting here as we sit here debating it like the range of outcomes is is nearly eerily similar for for a lot of these guys when you look at what the what the year end total will be let's talk about a pair of teammates though Rams wide receivers, Robert Woods wide receiver 14 as the 312, Cooper Cup wide receiver 20, going off as 501. Greg, what do you, which one of these guys do you prefer at their ADP? I know, I know the answer, but I know the people need to know. Uh, I mean, yeah, I do love Robert Woods. I do love him a lot, but in my rankings, I do have him closer than that. So if you're gonna make me have to buy one, I I have Robert was over Cooper Cup by literally one spot. Um, but ADP wise, if they're separated by six, I'm gonna just take the value deal here and probably just take Cooper Cup, who who I'm who I think is gonna finish higher. I, of course, I'm gonna take Robert Woods, but wide receiver 20, I didn't think he would be that low for around five. The amount of targets that Cooper Cup's gonna get, and uh, you know, the, yeah, he's he's gonna be a beast. The, the production and the it's not gonna fall off at all. If not, it's gonna get better with Matt Stafford. So I think uh I would I think I wanted to buy that Cooper Cup. You're getting a, a top fifteen receiver, I think, for uh think for wide receiver twenty. Yeah, I've got Cooper Cup. So actually um I actually have Terry at fifteen. I might move him one spot ahead of Cooper Cup. But I've got Cooper Cup as my wide receiver 14 right now, but he's in my top 15. Let's just say that right. Robert is one one or two spots behind him. Uh, and for me, when I think about it, I mean, I so again, this is pretty easy for me. I'm taking Cooper Cup at over at the price, right? At the price, right? Oh, and and as the player, not you know what I mean, not the player, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like yeah. At the end of the day, what I think it comes down to is I think Cooper Cup. Is he's getting a fact that he had just three touchdowns last year and a like a horrid Rams offense. I think that's being held against him this year. Whereas in other years, we would be drafting Cooper Cup ahead of Robert Woods. Maybe you wouldn't be. I know last year you had it pretty much the same way as as do I have it this way. Whereas like you would be drafting Cooper Cup. Your argument for Cooper Cup over Robert Woods would be touchdowns. Right. And like that would be the argument. Like, oh, they're gonna end up with the same amount of targets. Cooper Cup's going to get the touchdowns. Yep. And I think that the three touchdown season that Cooper Cup had, which three touchdowns, I mean, I don't even have to look, but I, I will for to make sure I'm, tell, I'm telling people correct information. But that's got to be a career low for Cooper Cup, who's had double-digit touchdowns since then. He had three touchdowns. He had 10 last year in 16 games. He had six the year before that in eight games. I mean, his his rookie year, he had five in, in 15 games. So three in 15 games, that's – you know, to me, that's the outlier there for Cooper Cup, and I think we get him back into that double-digit touchdown range that he was that he had last year, and he was on pace for, or not last year, but in 2019, and he was on pace for in 2018. So for that alone, I think Cooper Cup's a value this year. 
Yeah, he. I have him for eight touchdowns this year. I literally have these guys separated by five points, so I'm going to take Cooper Cup if they're about the same receiver as stats. But, yeah, Robert was uh, – I want to take that, you know, that bet, though, who's going to finish first, you know, finish higher. In the oh, position, I, could, I could do that. I literally have <laughs> him for the same amount of targets. I've got Cooper Cup with nine touchdowns, Robert Woods with just under seven. Got it. Got it. So, all yeah. right, Greg, let's let's uh, let's get on to another one. Mm-hmm. And this one I don't think has any any implications, but I'm gonna throw it out there anyway. Um, Amari Cooper, wide receiver, okay. fifteen, okay. going off as the four hundred one, and then Julio Jones as the wide receiver, sixteen, going off as the four hundred four. What do you got here? Hmm, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Julio. I like Julio. Um, let's not forget this is one of the greatest receivers we still uh, I've seen in my lifetime. Um, I think he's still a beast, and I think having AJ Brown, you know, as long as he stays healthy, and that's the case for everybody, um, you know, he's gonna be on the field. He's gonna be producing, and to think that he's not with the, in a different situation where he could get more touchdowns. If you tell me that, then sign me up for Julio. Um, but I, I think he's gonna be other round because cd lamb is going to break out more i think julio gets more targets and more receptions than uh mari cooper so i'm I'm on board with uh buying julio jones for sure yeah it's funny man i don't like julio is one of the toughest players for me to rank because i obviously love aj brown you know he was my ride or die last year i i basically professed my love to him the year before at the end of 2019 but Giving targets to Julio means taking them away. I mean, I think these are both guys because Anthony Ferkser, you know, this is going to be a two wide receiver offense. And yeah. I think both these guys are going to see similar targets. But it's just tough for me to to rank Julio because there's other guys. Like, it's, I have I see, got Cooper for more receptions. I have. Uh, Julio for more targets, but the touchdowns is where the separation is. I think Julio gets his touchdowns up a little bit this year. So I've got Amari Cooper wide receiver 19. I've got Julio wide receiver 22. And I know it's really low for Julio because I'm like, I look at industry-wide rankings and everybody's so high on Julio. And I'm like, am I that down on Julio? I mean, um, if, if your guy Tannehill is going to you know, be that that guy, you know, I think both of them can definitely thrive and uh well, I mean, we're Josh, used to seeing julio with like a 30 percent target share right that's definitely right, he's not, not gonna, he's not no, it's yeah. not gonna no, happen no, no that's not definitely not gonna happen right so yeah and that's where I, that's where i come from and i just think to your point about the the situations i think amari cooper isn't and gonna see more volume because this pass offense in dallas i mean i know they'll probably try to be a little bit more balanced but they're gonna they're gonna throw the football 600 times i mean more than 600 times. Uh, Ryan Tannehill and them, they'll be lucky to get to get over, you know, to get, get to in 500. To 500 yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So when I look at the volume there, the volume of pass attempts, I mean, look, I know we love CD and I know I love CD Lamb. I'll speak for myself on this. And you know, I don't, you know, if there's yeah. one player I don't want on my fantasy team, it's Amari Cooper. But Amari Cooper to me is a value this year because, because of CD Lamb, right? Because again, we have to tell ourselves these stories, but if I believe, what if we're wrong about C? Not if we're wrong about CD Lamb, but what if that breakout year just isn't this year? 
And right. what if it's like something similar to last year where they're both dead even? And then you're getting Amari Cooper as wide receiver 15 when realistically he was, if you look at the games with Dak, the first four games of the season, he was on pace for being a wide receiver one. Right. Amari Cooper was. So the range of outcomes is really, is really wide with Amari Cooper. So, and I think that like, Obviously, Julio could be the wide receiver one because he's Julio Jones, but he has A.J. Brown on his team. Like, will he will he beat out A.J. Brown? Will Julio even be the best wide receiver on his team? Oh, I no, I don't I don't think so. But you could say the same for Mark Cooper, too. Yeah, you could. Yeah. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. It's close. It's a pick them. The ADP you gave you you put out is basically a pick them. So I have. I'll. I'll take Julio. Just just above. Just above Amari Cooper. Yeah, I'm just gonna take Amari Cooper because of volume. And I can't believe we'll never we'll never we'll scrub this out from the podcast. We'll we'll take it off the internet so nobody can ever say that I wanted to draft Amari Cooper. But the next one we have here, and I didn't even plan this. I didn't know Kenny Galladay was gonna be your my guy here. Um, but I did think it was funny and interesting. Yeah, you know, I had to, I had to do it. Oh, you had to do it, but I had yeah, to do yeah. what I did with the ADP game here. Thought it would be really, you know, triggering. I know, that's crazy. There's a lot of Giants love right here. <laughs> this is crazy. Oh, man. But Kenny Galladay, the wide receiver, 28, going off as the 606, six picks in six rounds, the sixth pick in the sixth round, or Odell Beckham Jr., the wide receiver, nine, going off as the or the wide receiver 29, sorry, going off as the seventh pick in the sixth round. Which of these guys, Greg, do you prefer at their ADPs? Um, yeah, I'm definitely on the Kenny G train just because I think he just gets more targets per game. Uh, you know, the Odell, the Cleveland Browns Odell is definitely not the New York Giants Odell, not to say not, not skills-wise or anything, just um, this is a different team, this is a different offense as far as they focus on running the football and his, you know, it's it's hard for to me to see Odell getting like a ten target game any game like I I just it's hard for me to see that from doing that this uh, time you know in his career and with this team um I think he's gonna probably get around that seven seven mark um and that's like eight is an I think a high side uh so I think just the production is not gonna be as much there for you know for OBJ as it is for for Kenny G. Yeah, I actually have Odell Beckham as inside my top 24. He's my wide receiver 24. Okay. Um, I think he is going to be the clear-cut wide receiver one for the Cleveland Browns. Absolutely. I think, you know, I think, I mean, we saw him get eight targets, nine targets, ten targets. He had two six-target games through the first seven weeks. So I think he will continue to be the clear-cut guy for the Browns. I mean, when you look at who they throw the football to, it's literally Odell and then the tight ends and then Kareem Hunt. So I think that he continues to be that guy. Um, I have more faith in Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski than I will have in Daniel Jones. And definitely don't – I have almost no faith in Jason Garrett. I just want to throw that out there. I never (laughs) was at any point do I have any faith in Jason Garrett. But – for that reason, I do agree with what you're saying. Some of the stuff you're saying, though, I think at this point in their careers, Kenny Galladay probably has some more juice in the tank. But Odell Beckham, he's a wide receiver that he wins 
he he definitely obviously in early in, in earlier years one on one on athleticism and his big playability but he's a, a fantastic route runner he's got phenomenal hands and i think that he's somebody that is going to continue to win you know even as he continues to age and so i think you know the only question with odell is how's he going to recover i mean he's had the sports hernia now you're dealing with the acl I mean, everything out of camp, look, he looks good. Oh, he yeah. The, the timing says to be going good with Baker. Um, yeah, I'm, I think he's definitely going to have a bounce back year for sure. Um, it's just, yeah, I know a lot of calls last year, too, were taken back because of whole offsides and holdings and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting for him. Yeah, definitely, man. And the last and final one, Mike Williams, the wide receiver, 48, and – Corey Davis, the wide receiver, 53. Mike Williams going off as 10.07. Corey Davis going on going off at 11.06. Greg, which one of these guys do you prefer at their ADPs? You're on mute, Greg. This is definitely a pretty good one because, you know, I think both of these guys are going to have a, a pretty, like, a, a good year. Um... But I'm gonna go with Corey Davis. Um, just, just part as far as role. Uh, Corey Davis is gonna be the top dog for this Jets op- Jets offense, I think. Um, Mike Williams is gonna be the number two, but that still is gonna demand a lot of targets because you know you're getting targets from the herb. But production-wise, Corey Davis coming off his you know one of a pretty solid career year yards-wise, uh, I think continues that and you know continues with his touchdowns. I'm willing to buy uh, Corey Davis. Yeah, I'm totally with you here. For me, uh, I I think initially probably had Corey Davis a little bit lower in my rankings, but um, I've recently bumped him up with especially news coming out of Jets camp that he is Zach Wilson's go-to guy. Um, you know, obviously there's been a lot of Elijah Moore buzz, but I think the steady Eddie in this offense, in this Jets offense, will be Corey Davis. I think he'll be a weekly wide receiver too. Um you know, I think, like I, I've been saying this about Corey Davis, where he'll have these wide receiver two type weeks on a week to week basis. And it's going to be very, really steady. Like you said, coming off the breakout year last year, uh, Mike Williams, to me, he's more of like that upside guy that I'm looking for yep. later in the drafts. Um, so but for, for me at this point, you know, give me a guy that can get to 100 targets and Mike and Corey Davis has that. I think Mike Williams could be that. But there's just more questions, especially you know, if you're looking at it from a from a contract perspective, Mike Williams is a guy who's on the last year. Corey Davis is on the guy is a guy who just got paid. And so you know, there's no guarantee that Mike Williams has a future in L.A. They drafted Josh Palmer. They have two other guys behind him and in, in Tyron Johnson and Jalen Guyton, who performed well last year when Mike Williams missed time. And so I think Corey Davis is going to continue to be the wide receiver one here for the Jets. You know that you know the contract get, you make people hungry though you never you know usually when they get they people get paid they get you know fired like quote unquote fat they start to settle a little bit so that could help Mike Williams a little bit but yeah I'm with, I'm with you on getting Corey Davis um definitely being that that top guy uh, in in targets for for the Jets and new quarterback Zach Wilson. Yes, sir. Well, we don't have any more ADP game to play and we don't have any more time to play any any ADP game anyway. So. Um, that being said, everyone, we appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you check us out on Saturday. 
when we drop the tight end breakdown, the final of our positional breakdowns. So don't want to miss that. Hey, again, just like last week, you don't agree with anything we said, you like what we said, let us know down in the comments below. And, um, you know, make sure you're following us, the show, on specifically on Twitter and Instagram at FF Diagnostics. Make sure you're checking out Greg, who just recently got on Twitter at gmoney underscore truth. So, and obviously you have the rest of our handles here below if you're watching on YouTube. But if you're not, I'll say it one time for you if you're listening. I'm at JR Football Nerd on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And on TikTok, Greg is at we underscore made it on Instagram. Everybody, we appreciate y'all. And we'll talk to y'all on Saturday. Peace. Yeah.